Welcome to the PT Show with me, Pete Todd, and Tosh Madupe. Good morning, London, and welcome to another bright day on the PT Show. Yeah, and Tosh, this is the first in the series of our Spotlight podcasts. Yeah, we bring the social icons of today so you can hear the infinite aspects of their journeys to how they got to where they got to. Yeah, we got some notable achievers to step in the studio and talk to us. We've got some people of merit, some individuals of merit, and we've got some sports champions as well, one of which is in the studio with us today. And how we are so pleased. So let's welcome. Let's welcome indeed. In the studio today with us, the former Commonwealth and the European heavyweight champion, Mr. Derek Sweet D. Williams. We'll give him a round of applause. We'll give him a round of applause. Nice, nice, nice. Champion, champion of applause, nice. that is it, man. Big, nice. big, nice. big, nice. big. Nice. I, like, I like the intro. I like intros. Yeah, man. We say, part, man. Part of being um, a champion is being called champion, and that name stays for life. So, absolutely. Even though, even though um, those days, years pass, you still have the champion inside of you. Mm. Anyway, how are you doing, Derek, man? Long time no see. How you doing, man? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You're man. blessed. I'm, blessed. I'm glad to be here. I, guys, I, I have the privilege of being in the same school as this gentleman in the studio many years ago and it's a privilege to see the career of this wonderful individual in the England. Yeah, before we go in and ask Derek some questions, sweet D, yeah. you, you was at school with Derek? Yeah. Did you, yeah, did yeah, you have yeah. a fight? Did yeah. you watch? <laughs> Why? <laughs> they're man, they're, they were too big for me. Tosh was able to hand this off. So, so yeah. if you came from the school, right, you could fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if we talk about uh, schools, that's another conversation, let, isn't it? And please give our audience a notion of what school we're talking about. We're talking the original Samuel Pepys. That's biggest, best school in South East London. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, let's we not get took into no, schools. no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> what, what? nobody took no liberties with us. What about Kingsdale? That's why you had to join us later on. Anyway, that's another subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know when you need to calm down, you go to them more <laughs> timid, timid oh, schools. Dear. Oh dear, those good old days, though, weren't it? Those good old days. Yeah, no, no, no. As, as we say, um, we have this wonderful special guest with us today to take us through one of our spotlight conversations. And it's a very intimate conversation we're going to have with this wonderful champion. Mm, yeah, and um, we want to get started with some, some questions for Derek. And once again, thanks, for Derek. thanks, Derek, for coming down and talking to us. We very much appreciate that. Uh, it's a very difficult time with COVID and restrictions, and we've done our very best to make this place COVID safe for everyone, so everyone's aware of that. Yes, uh, we want the uh, UK government to, to understand know. that we support you in your COVID regulations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, months too late, because they, um, they came with their orders and lockdown too late. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's a big discussion in itself. Yes, isn't that's, it? in terms that's another discussion that we don't want to put onto our. Yeah, yeah, that can be a different European yeah. heavyweight champion. But this is a privilege to hear him speak and mm. give us an insight to that wonderful journey as a, of a sporting career he mm. had. Mm. And um, yeah, so, so so Derek, you know, boxing is a really tough sport, isn't it? It's a really tough sport. So just, just just let our listeners know how you got started and why you got started in boxing, man. It's funny because. A few weeks ago, I was talking to, to someone about how I got into boxing, and someone said, how did you get into boxing? And I said, it's like, boxing is a thing that just happens, because you don't need to wake up and say to yourself, oh, I'm going to be a boxer now. It's something that's inside of you, you know, you have to want to mm. do it. Mm. Mm. Um, some people go to boxing gyms to 
get in shape, mm -hmm. lose weight. A lot mm -hmm. of times it's about losing weight. Um, nowadays, they use, or even those days, they use boxing gyms for discipline. Children that was challenging, yeah, challenging youth. Because boxing is great for, for discipline. So if you have a, a challenging youth, I mean, I wasn't a challenging kid, funny enough. I was mm -hmm. a pretty um, well-behaved, and most kids would say that, but I was a genuinely good kid. <laughs> but the, competition, the competitive side, I like competition, and I, I fell in love with Muhammad Ali, watching Muhammad Ali on, on TV. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, because I was a shy kid, and this story people will hear over and over again. But I was a shy kid. And I was wondering, I, I watched Muhammad Ali on TV being boastful and confident. And I was wondering, wow, I want to be like that. I wanted to be like that because this guy was a man who was, was saying what he's going to do. And he did it because mm -hmm. he had the belief. Yeah. And I was a young kid thinking, I want to do that. I want to do that. So I started going in front of my mirror and started to um, replicate what I saw. Ali doing and, and saying that I'm the best and even putting on the American accent. I was like um, a, a 9, 10, 11 year old guy saying, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. And then mm -hmm. trying to be Muhammad. But really that started to become my character inside of me because I, I transformed from that shy kid. And mm -hmm. a lot of the shy kids still lived inside. I was able to, it's like a persona. I turned that around and, and became Sweet D. Mm -hmm. So Derek was like more calm and Sweet D was more extravagant. Yeah. So let me ask you, when you were going through this transformation, what was the family thinking at the time? You know, because at the time, cause I've, got, I've got a big family. I've got, I've got like, um, I grew up in a home with, with, with five boys and, and one sister. But I also have other sisters, my older sisters, because I've got three elder sisters and another brother. So I, we were all doing our, everyone was doing their thing. I had one, me there doing my, talking to myself in the mirror about how great I am at 9, mm. 10, 11, saying I'm great. Then you got another brother there saying that he's the greatest footballer, kicking the football, trying to be Pele. Then you got another brother being a runner. So, so we're doing things, and we're all, we're all doing our office. No one really bothered what anyone else was doing. There was no, no concern. So, the, so the, the family sounds like there was a lot of competitive nature. For boys, for boys, I mean, we, we played together. With my brothers and myself, we played together uh, a lot. We, we played, um, and because there's enough of us, we played team games, like football to mm. a side or, because there's five boys in the home, it's always on even numbers. So my youngest brother, we had to try to decide who which side he was gonna go on because he, in that time he was too young. So he wasn't really strength for the team. He was like a, a kind of, a, a, I hate to say hindrance at the time, <laughs> but, but he was because he did not play football properly at the time. He was yeah. too young. Too so, lefty. Yeah, mm. at the time, at the time. <laughs> but remember, he's going to hear this. He's going to hear this. He's going to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go easy on him. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but he, he know, he knew. At the time, see, when you've when you got younger brothers who are, who are not really at that state, that level yet, you got to include them because your parents say, put him in the game. So you yes. put him in the game. But then you decide what side is he going to go on. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Mm. So he mm. gets picked last. Yeah. Mm. But having said that, I wasn't that great at football myself. I wasn't mm. that great. I mean, I... I played football because that's the thing you've done as a boy, but I was never good at football. I mean, I, I can put my hands up and say to people, I was not good at football. I'd be... Um, Goalkeeper. I'd be, that wouldn't even be that. They'd throw, <laughs> they'd throw me up. I'd be, I'd be a linesman. But I was in the teams at school picking sides. Talk about being picked last. I was never a great footballer, but boxing, I think that boxing became my thing because of Muhammad Ali. 
Mm, okay. Now, okay. So, so okay. I, I, if we if we played basketball, if we played football, I would um in the middle of the game I start a boxing match with someone. Mm. <laughs> so you've decided under a sporting aspect that you're now looking at boxing. How did that start that transformation process? First of all, funny enough, because I went to a gym, there was a, a local gym, and people saying, there's a boxing gym near your school, so I told my mum and dad, I mean, I wanted to become a boxer, and I, was, well, I think I was about 16. Could you allow our viewers to know what area we're talking yes, about in London? Yes, I'm right in the heart of where, where Peckham, I'm from Peckham, I was, I'm a, I'm a Londoner all through and through, I was born in Brixton and I, I grew up in Peckham, so a lot of my early years, and everything that I learned in life, I put down to Peckham. And people would give Peckham um, a bad rep, um, a bad rep and saying things about the chances that you have. But I realised to myself that there's nothing wrong with Peckham. You know what we have to do? It's the people, the environment. We shape our environment, you understand? And in the mm. home, it's the home life that mm. determines what that child does outside on the streets. Because now, I'm a well-being practitioner. So mm. I go around and I work with the community, with, 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 with kids, with, with companies, corporations, I'm a motivational speaker. So what I do now, I try to empower people and tell them that, listen, I was, I was born in Brixton and raised in Peckham. My family, that's mm. where we're from. Yeah, man. But mm. we succeeded in what we do because of the home life. It's what, you, what happens in the home. Mm. So, so, so the boxing gym is in Peckham? It was in Peckham, yeah. Uh, yeah. The name? It was St. Thomas the Apostles. I, I'm not even sure if it's still around now but, um, because it was a small gym. So I, went, I started training there. Um, my first amateur fights happened out of Wandsworth, Wandsworth Boys Club. Mm. Where, funny enough, I had a, a, I had a friend there who became a rival, Gary Mason. Because we both, we both joined there at the same time. So we, um, we put Wandsworth Boys Club on the map. <laughs> you know what I mean? mm. we're, mm. both, we're both amateur boxers coming out of Wandsworth. And um, we went on to, to do what we've done in boxing, become um, champion, boxing mm. champion. Yeah, so, so, so there you had a a relatively short amateur career, um, which is unusual for some boxers, really. It, you know, how did that impact your journey and your career? Well, that's interesting because, look, the journey is happening like this. An amateur boxer has a series of fights, wins mm. championships. Mm. A, a professional promoter sees that fighter as a future world champion. Yeah. So they will approach that, that fighter the amateur fighter who's won the amateur championships and they mm. offer you all kind of perks like mm. um, maybe um, a, a home or those days had get you in your car or oh, yeah. adding an apartment or a house or but now it became a thing where people are getting signed for millions now yeah, absolutely so, yeah, yeah but i didn't have that journey because i only had a handful of amateur fights um i turned pro on the quiet mm. so my my journey wasn't mapped out to become a boxing champion. Okay. My champion came from inside of me, and this is what I tell people all the yeah. time. I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't have a promoter finding an opponent for me to beat and then a schedule fight. I was fighting at the last minute, or, but I was knocking guys out. Okay. The opponents that I was being put to fight, I was, I was taking them out because I stayed in shape. Yeah. So I remember even when I fought for the, the, Commonwealth, the Commonwealth title, that's my first belt. Mm. I shouldn't have been fighting for that title. The guys who were supposed to fight for it, it didn't happen. My, my, my manager, who was also the promoter for yeah. that show, he, he, was, he was preparing to cancel the show. Because oh, why? The, 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 champ, the, the, the Commonwealth title fight was the main event. 
it almost got cancelled. Mm. So I, t- I asked my manager if I could fight for it. Mm. So he put me in to fight for it, and I knocked the guy in four rounds, and I became the Commonwealth champion, right? So, so sometimes then that, that's a story and a message to Londoners and listening now that you can make your own destiny. Yeah, yeah, you understand? yeah, because yeah, yeah. I could have sat back and said to myself, okay, the main event is cancelled because one guy can't fight in it. Sit back to a new day schedule. But I asked my, my manager if I could fight the main event, and I fought the main event, and I won the title, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. put me on the map. Yeah. But um, still, at that time, Frank Bruno was the actual name that everyone was hearing That's all the time. Right. So when That's you hear right. Frank Bruno um, <coughs> on all of that... Because he was at the Lonsdale. He, yeah, he, was, he, he, was, he, was, he turned pro. He was with Terry Lawless. Yes. And, and he was the name, because he was the name that everyone knew, Frank Bruno. Yeah. But I was the actual champion, the Commonwealth Heavyweight Champion, right? So. Oh, you are fine at the same time, just to get things in perspective? He was just a little bit older than me. Yeah, so he was, okay. when I turned pro, Frank was the name at the time. So. Yes. And he was the, 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 the one that everyone had known and he had one that had plans for future. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. He was the only one on TV and the radio yeah, and everything. It was all about Frank Bruno, so. wasn't it? And I, and I thinking to myself, at the time I was, I was knocking guys down, I said, hold on a second, mm. I'm the champion, I can fight hack because I'm not getting recognised. But Frank was, was the wheel that there's, there was, there's pushing. So. Yes. And I think that Frank being, being a black guy at the time, um, you, there's only it was take one at a time. Yeah, I yes, don't know how. It was. Yeah, so yeah, on yeah. that point, you being this extremely talented boxer, knocking out guys left, right, and centre. When did your name start to get mentioned in mainstream media? It's funny. I won the Commonwealth title in 1988, and it wasn't until 1989 that I started to get recognised in the boxing front because Mike Tyson was fighting a guy called Carl the Truth Williams. Yes. Mm. Carl the Truth Williams, it's funny. Carl the Truth Williams was my built, six foot five, similar weight, similar style of boxing, even the attire. He wore white shorts, red trim, I wore white shorts. So I said to my, I called my manager and I said to my manager that, listen, Mike Tyson's fighting a guy like me. Can you try to get me in camp with Mike? So he was surprised because at the time Mike was eating people. He was, he was like, he was eating. <laughs> Mike Tyson was, was eating people alive. I mean, he was like eating them, eating the bone. So yeah, I said right. to myself, people trying to avoid Tyson, and I was going towards him. So it's like everyone's running away from a falling building and I'm, I'm running towards it. But really, because I had a plan. I had a plan that if I can do a, put on a show against Tyson in sparring, then I can get recognized, right? So my manager contacted Don, um, Tyson's camp, spoke to Don King's people, and he called me back and said, Sweet D, yeah, well, they, you know, they want you to come over there and spar. So I, I flew, they, they booked a flight immediately. And I was, I was excited, man, because I was on the airplane flying over there saying, yeah, I can knock out Mike, I can knock out myself. In my head, that was, that was, that was my plan, that was my vision. I was flying to America thinking, I can knock out Mike. I mean, all I had, the whole day, I was thinking, people must have thought I was crazy. Because I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there and saying, Mike Tyson. I can knock him out, I can knock him out. But you know what? Because if I didn't do that, I would have been way down in the back of the list. Yeah, of the power. They yeah. wouldn't have heard mine. So I went, I went to America and, and if I hear this story, right? Mike Tyson don't mess around. Mike no, was no, no, no joke. So no. I, I saw the, I met the guys before before um, Tyson before Tyson and me sparred. I met all the other guys. There were about seven other guys. So There's eight of us, and and the Tyson team started to give everyone gloves to put on. And I said to them, "Hold a second. There's eight of us. Mm. Why? Why? Um, if Tyson, I said, how many rounds is Mike sparring? And they said to me, he's sparring six rounds. 
And I said to myself, now the maths don't add up. <laughs> if, if he's on this fire in six rounds, why have eight people got to have on gloves? And the funny thing is, it didn't have eight Mickey Mouse nobodies. He had um, Greg Page, who was, a, who was a champion just before him. He had Oliver McCall, who became world champion. He had um, these other guys, Melvin Epps, um, Warren Thompson. These guys, these guys were champions, Golden Glove champions and stuff, right? Wow. And plus me, I was a Commonwealth Heavyweight champion. And we all were there ready to spot. He didn't like pick up eight Joe Blogs down the road. He picked up eight mm. <laughs> eight guys, right? Before you go into this epic story, is this before the prize fight? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's so, coming. That's coming. Yeah, this, that's this, coming. this, this, this one, I'm not into. Um, into such recognize. So now, how old were you? How old were you? Then I was like Give us 22, 23. Oh, my, yeah, my, Tyson, my, my Tyson was a year younger than me. You know, he's couple right. months younger than me. But and you went on your own. Sorry, I went. Just, I, 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 right. I went with a trainer. I went with a trainer. Okay. The funny thing is though, right? So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Mike, Mike, you know, he's got eight of us to spar. And then I said to the guy. How come if Mike got eight guys ready to spar and only he's only doing six rounds of sparring, right? And then he told me this. Mike don't take no prisoners. He said that when Mike sparred, the minute he knocked someone out, another guy got ready to go straight in so right. Mike can get the rounds work to work, right? Mm. So I had the hump because at the time I was going to be going in number two. And I'm thinking, Mike ain't knocking me out because he said what it was that Greg Page was going to do three rounds and I was going to do three rounds. But if we any of us get knocked out in that time, the others have got to jump in, but I made my mind out that that's not happening to me. <laughs> or the hump of Vicks. Anyway, Paige and Tyson start sparring and they're rumbling three hard rounds. Paige, and this is the first time I'm in America, right? Yeah. And everything is pumped up and excited and, and um, they say, Paige is in the corner ready to spar. Tyson looking at him like a snarl. And, and you know it's a thing of um, ego because Tyson is the current champion. Paige was a champion just before him, so Tyson want to prove that, well, I'm, I'm better than you, and Tyson want to show him that I'm better than you, and Paige want to say, well, I'm, cha- I'm still the champion, so they both were going to go, and I, was, I could see that, I could feel the tension, because I could see Tyson rearing to go, he's not like you're holding a dog at the leash, and Tyson looks like <laughs> yes. he's rearing to go, and Paige is bouncing, saying, come on, baby, come on, so I was thinking, whoa, he's, he's G and Tyson on. A proper war. Yeah, this, and this is sparring in the gym. So then, bam, time. Tyson rushed across the page and page rushed across the Tyson and they started trading. And I think I said, I'm thinking, wow, this is great, man. I've never seen this in England before and this is for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching, I'm watching. Right? Um, in fact, I was getting paid to be there because I was one of the spine getting paid. And the thing is, Tyson is frying shots of page and paid the frying shots of Tyson and both of them are frying. And I'm thinking, wow, man, this is great, man, this is great. Anyway, round one. But at the same time, subconsciously, I was watching what Tyson was doing because I knew that I had to go in there next. So although I was watching the, the sparring, I was watching his movements, right? And I realised that Mike was a... He, 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 he stops, he walks, he slips, then he stops, and then he started walking around. But I knew that when he was walking, he wasn't punching. So I said, OK, when he stopped walking, then he would attack. So anyway, after the three rounds, I'm in there now, right? And I'm pumped up because mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get in there because the competitive side of a fighter, right, is that you want this. You want this, you understand? Because that's what we want, boxing people... It's like, you want to prove you're the best. So more time now, I'm like, whoa, man, this is good. So anyway, Tyson, Tyson walking, he's gone back to his corner, and they're going, time for me and Tyson to spot. Tyson started to walk towards me, and I know that when he's walking, he's not punching. Before you take us and our listeners through this epic story, we're going to go for a commercial break. Yeah, let's come back in two. 